Human family, thank you for tuning in. I'm Keenan White, and I'll be sharing stories, dialogues, and methodologies for leading a conscious, abundant life. To me, luminous is a word that connects us to our vital life force energy and soul essence. Your bioluminosity is a barometer for health, a gauge for abundance, true prosperity, and a luminous way of life. In this podcast, I hope you find a more effortless way of tuning into the wisdom of your body, soul, and spirit. We'll explore the many faces of medicine, creativity, and self-mastery as it evolves and spans into esoteric and ancient wisdom and modern paradigm shifts in consciousness. Hey everyone, today we're going to talk about flow. And we were just talking about this Venn diagram of flow, where surrender and structure or discipline sort of meet and in in the place that they meet there is flow and one of the things that i would like to do in in this podcast is bring in the gene keys because the gene keys have been incredibly impactful on my world and um, my life's work the the first gene key that you you can read on your hologenic genetic profile online through the genekeys.com is your life's work. And for those people who don't really know what the gene keys are, basically it's a system that allows you to learn about your own prosperity template. And so you can, you can go through this golden path sequence that takes you through activating your genius and learning about your purpose and what you're really bringing into the world. And then you go through the Venus sequence, which is about opening your heart. And so it goes in through these seven year cycles of when you're growing up and you may experience these kind of core traumas at these levels of being the mind, emotions, spirit, um, the body, etc. And as you work through that, you essentially move through the, uh, the pearl sequence, which is how you create your own culture and vocation and, and basically emanate the, the light that's coming from this, uh, this essence of you, but maybe covered up from your conditioning and your, and your soul's evolutionary journey, which is full of tons of karmic lessons, which are super fun. Mm-hmm and challenging and all the good stuff. So um, I thought I might share, and we're going to kind of drop in with each other in a minute here, but I want to share my, uh, my life's work gene key. And that gene key is um, about um, authority. And so the authority is the gift. The gift is more or less your own unique pathway through moving, moving from a, a sort of lower density shadow and for this key, the shadow is control to the city. And the, the city of this key is, is, is valor. So in this sort of movement to a higher frequency, gift is the gift is the passageway. And for me, that's authority. And there's more to say about that. And of course, more to contemplate around. But uh, there, there was a recent email that Richard Rudd put out about um, the 21st city, which is my life's work. And I, I was just feeling like this had a really nice tie-in to the discussion we want to have around flow. So I'm just going to read what he wrote in that. And it's just a couple sentences. The 21st city describes the field that follows a surrendered human being. 
In other words, once we have given up our meanness, then valor is all that's left. The divine operates through valorous acts. We can't own such acts. They simply are the operational mode of consciousness when freed from personal control. He says that ultimately the city is needed by all the travelers into the beyond because it takes valor to die with an open heart, to give up our identity, our attachments, our body, and merge into the limitless light requires the exquisite cocktail of courage and love. And I find it really interesting, you know, I mean, my own personal reflection on this as, as that it has largely been my life working through so many layers of control, whether that's within my own self and my own world or whether with other people in relationships, um, you know, in my family. And, and it's just trickled into so many areas for me personally, we all do share uh, the same keys. So this is a, you know, if this resonates with you, it's because it's, it's living in all of us. Um, but there's a particular experience I've had around this. And um, I guess what I want to at least point to now and love to bring you into this here, Danielle, but the, it, it's really just about this idea of surrender. And I mean, I think what stands out to me is the, the surrendered being, if we just, if we just surrender, then, then, then there's kind of like only like half the picture of the flow you know, we need some structure or discipline, or, or we could even say control. I mean, it's not that we really like want to move away from the shadow completely to the city. You know, if I want to get to a place of valor and like holding this frequency where I have an open heart, I'm, I'm more or less embodying this like loving, courageous energy where I'm not attached and the nobility of spirit is just shining through. That's kind of how I see valor. And, and authority is a way through that, but um, we need both. And so the, the shadow is, it's a place of embrace. And, you know, it's, it's not that I, that I personally have wanted to, to get rid of control or that I think that control is um, something bad. Like it's none of it is good, bad. It's more that we need all of it. And accepting the shadow is, is our, is our pathway through accepting it embracing it and allowing it and and from that place like every time i really surrendered to what wants to come through me then i feel like i can actually find my voice and find my authority and i can find more of my creative bliss because i'm allowing creation to to funnel and channel through me it's not like i'm trying to control it or like hey today i'm going to create this i'm gonna you know and i've i've played this game many times where i'm like <laughs> okay, here's what I'm going to create. I'm going to do all these things. And, and sometimes it's a very mental game, but when I really surrender, that's really when I can flow and like all this creativity comes through me. So I think what we're going to talk about mostly is around this kind of dynamic around, you know, control and surrender and how important this is and in, in finding your own creative bliss. Mm -hmm. What's been coming up for you as I've been talking to you Hmm. Surrender and control. Um, yeah, I mean, just speaking to, you know, allowing your spirit to flow um, through and then creativity can really blossom from there uh, versus, you know, when we try to create from our logical or rational mind, um, the creativity is just not, it's like not 
there. It's not for that. Um, it really is about, yeah, opening our hearts, allowing spirit to flow and, um, you know, being, in, being present, like we were talking about, you know, in another episode, the one before, um, is that when you, let's see, I lost, I lost track <laughs> of where I was. Um, when you surrender. Yeah. I mean, we were just kind of talking about this before when we were first starting this episode, I'm like, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah. And yeah. Like, part of that process presence, is yeah. just being completely present with one another. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's what we're really wanting to do in this podcast is really just mm-hmm. show up in a place of presence and then surrender to whatever wants to come through us. And so here we are in the moment. Totally. <laughs> totally. And it's the best, the best stuff comes through when you're like fully surrendered, fully present in the moment. You know, um, some people write speeches and they'll have it all prepared and they'll read it and, and it can, it can be great, but like those moments when you're like fully present, just allowing spirit, uh, to move through you. It's like, that's when the magic and the synchronicities can occur. Yeah. It feels like when, I mean, JP Sears talked about that when he, you know, when he goes and creates a skit, you know, and some of the stuff he's done is pretty funny and creative. And he says like, it's you know, it's much more on the level of a blank slate. Mm. So when he goes to the bathroom, for example, and, you know, sits down for a little bit, he doesn't go on his phone. And I thought that was interesting, just the way he described that. Like, that's, that's how he talked about his creative flow was how he, <laughs> when when he goes, goes to the bathroom. Yeah, he goes for number two and then he, and then he doesn't take his phone. And I think it's like, okay, you, that's a good point. Right. Cause I mean, how many times do we fill our space with something? Mm, I see. And there's not a blank canvas. And I think that's like the territory of like where control comes in where like we, yeah, Yeah. that's kind of scary. Like Mm. if you have all these colors, like it can be really excited. But then when you look at the blank canvas, you're like, shit, like, what am I going to create? What am I going to draw? Yeah, totally. Totally. And even like when you're having a conversation with someone, like I remember in the past, before I realized you could just have, space and spaciousness to just sit with another person. We, you know, I used to think, and I think a lot of people do, you have to fill the space. You know, if, if someone stops talking and there's a group, then it might be awkward, but do we really have to fill the space? You know, and I don't totally. believe we do. <laughs> and, and, and in fact, when we don't, and we allow that a little more spaciousness that again, like I said before, that's when really cool things can come forward and and emerge in the field. Yeah. I mean, I just initially felt that too. Like we just paused for a moment. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's a great time to laugh. (laughs) What do I say next? (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) But where does that come from? I I feel like it comes from watching movies and TV shows when every moment is filled with something, particularly drama or something that's going to entertain and so like a lot of people, I feel will go into this belief of, you know, I need to entertain and I need to be a certain way in order to, you know, capture people's attention. Um, and then authenticity just kind of goes out the door and all of a sudden you're just putting on this act. Um, another way to kill creativity because, I mean, in a way, I guess you're playing a role and you're, but it's manufactured versus surrendering to your spirit which is just so in the moment like speaking from the heart just speaking it in the moment that's from the heart 
Whereas sometimes we'll be on a, you know, we're on texting with someone and, you know, I remember in the past, sometimes it would take me a long time to figure out what to say to the guy I liked, you know, it would take me like an hour to write the text and then delete, 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 text, oh, write some more. No, that's not right. Delete, delete. Um, and trying to get it right. Um, but that's, yeah, that's in your head. That's so in your head. Yeah. And it's like, anytime you put anything creative out there, then like how many takes are you going to do on it? Right. You know? Yeah. And can you just do one? Yeah. We ran into that this last weekend. We were making funny videos. Right. And uh, it was hilarious. Wasn't it, Keenan? Perfect example. <laughs> we took, we did the first take and then the, I w- there was my shadow in the way. I was filming Keenan. And, um, and so then we did some more takes, but it was like every take after that got a little less funny and a little less in the moment. Well, I mean, obviously it wasn't in the moment because we were trying to recapture what we first took the first capture and then every time it was like the first one was the best yeah it was like wow that was like a really great shot whoa but your shadow's in it let's redo it. it and then i just felt like my inspirational level just go <laughs> like we're doing Poor this again like five times and, again. <laughs> and then we eventually realized wow good lesson like we're not, not going to do that again yeah like the shadows in there of the cameraman and like some people might notice it and maybe that's actually like a charming element to the film <laughs> Maybe it's a metaphor too for our shadows. The shadows right. are there. Maybe them. they're there. Embrace it. Why are you trying to, you know, Photoshop out the shadow? Why are you trying to always be, you know, perfect? And I mean, seriously, like that's that takes a lot of energy that could otherwise be used in, you know, ways that support our creativity, for instance. Yeah, it makes me really, I mean, it really feel into this connection that perfection control and judgment have like like you said control is the judgment killer and i really see like the the fuel of of control is judgment mm. it's like totally. if we're controlling something we're probably judging the hell out of it yeah and yeah. then why are we judging it probably because we want it to be perfect mm-hmm. and so i mean on one level like i really i really appreciate I'm a Virgo moon and tropical and I have my South node there and I have like lots of Virgo energy. So I resonate with this idea of perfection and I've, I've come to more terms around it being that like, wow, my soul really wants to be here for perfection. And like, like everything in this reality is imperfect. Yeah. And, and what so is perfection, a, you know? And, and like, I just, I mean, for me, like I was trying to find another word that would be like a healthier version. And over the years, I kind of found like excellence versus perfection. Um, only because perfection, it, it, well, I mean, in the term, in the ways that I feel like we've all kind of come to it is like this boxed idea of like what it means to be perfect um, from, from like an ego standpoint, not divine perfection. I'm talking about this ego idea, but excellence. Yeah, I mean, that's like showing up to the best of your ability um, and, and, and really, you know, caring to make it the best that you can. I mean, that's, that's fair. Totally. Yeah. I was looking up perfect. Oh. <laughs> I, was like, I wonder what the etymology of this word is. <laughs> like you're texting with your friend. <laughs> Bad podcast producer. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I don't know. I mean, so I, I do feel like I want to finish my point about like 
there's a relationship to perfection that I think is healthy too, where like, it's like, okay, cool. Like if that's, I mean, maybe there's a noble efforting on the, on account of perfection. Mm. And if we can relate to it in a way, it's like, Oh, that's like, that's me trying to be perfect. Like mm. makes sense for like, you know, like a, like spirit, spirit or spiritual essence where, you know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience and vice versa. And part of like, I think spirit is like coming here for some level of that. And but like the fun is like where we we embrace all of all of where that doesn't happen i think mm-hmm. we can still like have that driving force and like cool like cross the the t's and dot the i's like whatever you want to do about it but if there's and one thing i think i i've found it to be useful is acknowledgement it's like if you if you have perfectionist tendencies then and if you're not acknowledging how far you've been or what you've accomplished or what excellence you've kind of established or been expressing as then it's it's hard to feel good about perfection mm. perfectionist tendencies but if, if you acknowledge like wow like look what happened like look what i did mm. i think it's a lot easier than what you've created yeah yeah because perfection to me is always mm. like looking further it's like yeah. Well, I accomplished better, all this better. stuff today and it's like, oh, but I didn't get any, any of the stuff done that's on the rest of the list, right? Right. Like, you're just focused on that. It's never good enough. And then it's like this empty void. You're always trying to fill it and you're never going to fill it. Totally. Mm-hmm. So it comes back to mindset, right? Mm. Right. There goes the dryer. Yeah. The longest dryer bell ringer ever. <laughs> plays like a whole two minute song <laughs> you're running our podcast we gotta edit this out <laughs> not yeah yeah it's really about how you're relating to um you know yeah perfection or excellence however you want to see it and um when we celebrate ourselves i, I feel like that's a really good point Kanan. um when we can celebrate even the small wins, you know, every day, little bits, then we come from this more like empowered place and we feel good about our creations or our creativity, what we're, what we're creating. Um, and, and then it's not always coming from this place of like lack or never good enough. It's coming from, Hey, like I created these great things yesterday and now I'm just enhancing and I'm just blossoming my creativity and my creative expression that's different you know um yeah yeah like how you brought excellence into it because i feel like i'm getting this image of a car driving from zero to 60. it's like if you get in a fast car and you just gun it well it's more the word acceleration comes in there but it reminds me of excellence because it's similar i mean i don't know maybe we can just do a play on words here of Mm -hmm. Like when you excel, usually you've reached some level of achievement and Mm. achievement is always, I mean, in a lot of ways it's relevant. It's like, what did you achieve? Well, I I did this or I got this thing done or I accomplished this and where, like where I was before was I didn't. So it's like moving, I mean, it's definitely not linear, but let's just say it's, it's going from A to B. Now I'm at B. And it's like, what happened along the journey? Yeah. You know, that was, like, I was just feeling that. Yep. Yeah. What about the journey? You know, <laughs> I feel like in our society, it's so often about the outcome. 
and what we've accomplished, what we've achieved or what we're aiming to achieve and, and then how we're going to feel once that we get there, but we're always trying to get there. What about the whole journey in itself? And that's, for me, that's really about coming back to presence and savoring this moment and this journey and what it felt like to go on the journey of, and create of creation. Mm-hmm. That's where it's at. That's what it's about. It's really not about the outcome or the final finished creation. Yeah, it's more experiential. And I, th- I mean, like it feels worth tying purpose into this too, because it's, I mean, purpose is not what we think it is either. It's not really like we find our purpose and then we get there and we and we're there right like purpose is us like it is that ever evolving moment through time of con- of consciousness just moving through space essentially <laughs> and purpose, <is> purpose. <laughs> yeah i mean to me like purpose is really the quality of being throughout that journey mm. and so it's less about like mm vocation which i think we tend to associate purpose with like oh mm-hmm. my purpose is my vacation I, I did that for a while like mm-hmm. what's my purpose because i wanted to find out what was the thing that i could just get my hands in and, and be doing mm-hmm. and i think inherently I, I did feel something there around like yeah because when i find that like when i can find like my toolkit or my art supplies then that's when I've found my purpose, right? Because then you, then from there, you're, you're kind of just infinitely creating whatever you want. And I think that's like the real beauty of, of like really just clarifying purpose. Cause I mean, we could say, well, yeah, this is my purpose statement, you know? And I think that, that, that if you have a purpose statement, then you've clarified purpose and yet where you live from that, from that purpose statement is really more the purpose. Hmm just comes back again to mm-hmm. like how, how we do something. And I, I think like one, mm-hmm. one cue or clue that we leave for ourselves is, is that um, quality of how we do something, you know, cause sometimes we're like, well, I just keep doing this thing. And then like, I've been trying to get here and it's like, well, so what's the quality of how you're doing that thing? Cause how we do something is in some ways how we do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of how the soul fragments and, um, you know, when, when there are parts of us, um, parts of our soul that get wrapped up in identities, they lose their purpose or place in the universe. They get, in, 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 in essence, they get lost, if you will. Um, and so knowing that we are purposeful in being alive is huge for our creation journey. Um, and, and when I was younger, we talked about this on, on the other episode is I got lost because I didn't feel like I served a purpose being alive. I didn't think my voice mattered. My creativity mattered, my expression, um, who I was, I, I mean, what a limiting belief and what a sad belief. And that's why I was very depressed and I had shut down my creativity so much, um, because of that. So purpose is huge. We have to know that we are purposeful beings and you're not purposeful just because you 
created this huge company and now it's thriving or that you created this or did that or achieved whatever it's you're purposeful just because you exist and we have to remember that I feel like so many of us have forgotten that due to what conditioning programming whatever this fall in consciousness yeah it's such a good point and, and how you put it too like that we are purposeful beings I mean, I think that's just it. Like purpose is so intrinsic. And if we, if we don't have a sense of it, then thing, you know, it's just, it's a lot harder to, to be meaning makers. Mm. And, and that's, mm. I mean, we could do like a meta purpose, like the purpose of life is to create meaning. Mm. Um, that was one of my teachers that, that mentioned that. And I think that's an awesome perspective. And Richard Rudd says the purpose of life is to, is to create pros- prosperity and I just see that as they're one and the same. I mean, to for prosperity to emerge as a quality in our experience, we we have to create meaning, you know. Like, so, but where do we create that meaning? Because we could we could build that company and we could have that success, and it could be incredibly on purpose. Absolutely. So that could happen. And yeah, a lot of times you see people striving for building that company and earning that money or whatever it is. And then they're left like with a vacuum void. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me or what, like why I can't feel happy, which I think is another trap, like, because happiness is sort of fleeing. And I think prosperity and, and purpose, it's all kind of leading us to fulfillment, which again, is just a quality in the present moment that we can choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have to look at where our intentions are when we enter into a creative project, let's say, or any action, what is your intention behind it? And that intentional energy is the seed of what you're creating. And so if there is you know, these misalignments, like, well, I'm going to do this thing. And maybe it's, you know, fun for me, but I'm really just doing it for the money. Like that's that seed that you're now, you know, going to start watering and growing into something. And you will see um, some of the reflections in your outer experience mirror that back to you eventually. And yeah, it's not as, it's just not as fun. I mean, it's, it can be painful to see, but really it's, we're learning, you know, how, how we want to create and and so yeah becoming really aware of where our intentions are and then checking in along the creative you know path as well like halfway through whenever whatever point you know you want to check in like just keep checking in make sure it's you still feel aligned and what you're creating and if it still excites you and it's you know um, your spirit is driving you or if now maybe maybe that's the end of that season you know for creating that thing and maybe now it's time to surrender that creative, um, project or, or maybe it's come to a completion. Um, and that actually makes me remember when I had entered into this contest, um, and I was, uh, I went to school for fashion design and I made a dress to compete in this competition. And my, I was so certain that my, um, dress was going to come down the runway, but you don't know until the, the, the day it happens. And so I, my mom and I drive down all the way down to Dallas, Texas, and my, my dress, it, 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 long story short, my dress didn't come down the runway. I couldn't believe it. I was like, no. And I was so upset. I had spent hours sewing that dress. And the lesson I learned from that was I was so attached 
to that creation. I mean, I couldn't stop crying. My mom's like, come on, like, it's okay. You're like, just trying to like help settle me down, you know? Cause there's like all these people and she's probably embarrassed who knows, but I was just so upset, but I learned that hard lesson. And I feel like burning man is kind of a good example of that, where you can create a whole city for a week and then burn it all and let it go. And you just, you surrender it because we don't need to attach ourselves to our creations. You know, um, nothing is really permanent. So why would we hold on to something that's not still lighting us up? Maybe you have a new passion that wants to come in, a new creation that wants to, you know, be, get, be given birth to. So I just was kind of bringing in surrender to it. that as well. Yeah, Burning Man, it's interesting to think about that, right? Because it is, like, people love it. I haven't been, but, I, have. I mean, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's cool that the impermanence aspect, because you know that, like, all this is going to be broken down. So think about how much that brings people into presence of, like, whoa, let's just be here. Because it's not going to be here ever again like this. Oh, I could not believe it. The year I went, they made this incredible temple. Um, I don't know what they made out of it, made it out of. It was some kind of like chip wood or, you know, chipboard. I was like, they're going to burn this at the end. No, and, but they did. <laughs> it was <laughs> wild. All the work that yeah. went into that had to be a month's work. Which kind of like the dress, like the dress thing where it's like you put all the effort into it and then the dress is not there. And it's like, in some ways, like the dress burned, like it's not there. It's <laughs> anymore <laughs> no one's gonna see it nor or appreciate it was my fear but what I guess what I was not you know um realizing is the love that I put into it um just the energy of that was enough that was enough I really enjoyed that you know I enjoyed making that freaking dress so that's actually what matters in the end it's great to be able to share it's great for people to you know be like wow that's that's wonderful but it's not what we that's the ego. The ego wants the acknowledgement and the recognition. Um, but the soul really cares to enjoy the experience and, and, and just in, you know, be in the moment with the creation of self. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. Yeah. It reminds me, I mean, of my experience, just going into software engineering for a while. And hmm. I mean, when I did that, I was really like, well, there's lots of reasons why I did it. Uh, I was, I, it's a pretty creative career. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you're really working with a lot of abstract concepts. I mean, really to me, like building software is taking an idea and building the infrastructure for it to, mm. to manifest, you know, and, and usually is, you know, some sort of structure that allows flow of energy and exchange and it's a network, you know, like where people can go and, you know, enter information and get something out of that or whatever it is. In some ways, it's just a big value exchange Mm. system. Um, And when you're building it, there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, there's suggested and proved proven ways you know, but so for me, it was like really enticing, like, wow, that seems like a lot of fun. Mm. So I guess I'm recounting, yes, I, <laughs> I had other motivations <laughs> than just the money, but right. there's a big driving force of me that was like, you know, I just really want to know what it's like to make good money, you know, and, and I, and I had a great salary and it was, it was nice. It was cushy. Mm. And at the end of the day, I wasn't fulfilled. And, yeah. you know, I think looking back on that, I see like my, 
my spiritual journey, emotional journey, like that was my Saturn return time. So it was Mm -hmm. that time of between 27 and 31, where you're really going through it. You're, you're getting into integrity. Yeah. And so it was a, it was a big lesson for me around all that. And there was a, there's a truth, like an integrity aspect to it, which was that yes, like I have gifts and sort of like being a craftsperson and like being able to get into that, like weaver's mindset of putting something together. And sometimes that can be a very internal process where you're really thinking about things and you've got all kinds of calculators in your head, so to speak, around how something's going to take form. And I was really brushing up against this feeling I had around, like, which was a deeper soul's journey of, of wanting more connection. And, you know, not that there's not connection, there's plenty of it in, in the software world if you want it to be, but you know, being on a computer for that much, mm. that amount of time is not mm. exactly conducive to that, you know, cause you'll have your meetings and you'll do your thing. But a lot of times you're, you're already carrying like this next thought of like how it's all going to be put together. Mm. So mm. like for me, it just didn't work out. I mean, yeah. for many people, it's an amazing choice. I mean, sure. I saw like tons of people thrive in it, but yeah. um, I mean, I look back at that and, and just see that uh, where was I going with this? I guess I was trying to connect it to just, well, what happens like when, when you surrender or you try to control, cause at that point, you know, I put so much time and effort and energy into learning how to code. Right. And I was like, right. I can't yeah, let this surrender. go. Yeah. I can't. And, but my body and my mind and my spirit were like, do it. You have to, like, and else? even yes, my wife at the time was like, quit your job. And I mean, she could feel it. I mean, it was, <sighs> I was like on the edge of jumping. And I mean, I looking back, like it probably, I could have probably been a little more strategic, like if I'm in my perfectionist head, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> but yeah. if I see the perfection in it and like acknowledge like what was there for what I was, it was like, yeah, I jumped, like I trust falled into, to what I was doing on my side hustle, which was learning astrology and going through apprenticeships and being in intentional ceremony space. And really like feeling all this alignment energetically emotionally like wow like this is you know and i feel like there's a big element of permission like Mm. can i have can i do i get to have that like Mm -hmm. can i make as much money or like be as abundant in in that space Mm -hmm. when it's just flowing and it's easy Mm -hmm. and i think the answer is ultimately like you decide yeah (laughs) but it's possible i mean when i surrendered you know, it was, it was a little challenging to get through that initial like phase of transition. Yeah. And I feel really called to support people in this, this, because I really know it. Like I really get how it is to be like, well, I'm in this place and I'm in this relationship or I'm in this, you know, vocation or place where I'm not so fulfilled and I'm not quite like living a life on fire. Or like, I feel like I've got my creative bliss going and I'm just like, whoa, life is just, Mm blissful yeah and um i'll just have to say for those if you're in that boat and listening to this surrender surrender like i mean or i don't want to tell you what to do but the invitation would be like consider surrender as an option and i think about that in in the context of the heart space you know because to me like that that's surrender like it's the thing we surrender to 
I mean, we can, we can surrender to spirit and spirit can, can come through us and move us. But ultimately I think like that, that pulse and that movement that we feel from spirit moving us is in the heart space. And, and I think that's, you know, that's what Richard Rudd talks about in the beginning is like having the, the love and, and the courage, you know, and I think they, they go hand in hand. I mean, I think those are the two basic ingredients for this whole picture of creative bliss, you know, like loving yourself exactly where you are, like acknowledging where you're at and then having the courage to embrace what's really going on and honor that truth and, and to, to trust and surrender to that space mm -hmm. so that your integrity, like what's really happening internally for you can, can be reflected in the outer world. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's that intersection of creative bliss, right? Where you're just like, ah, like what I feel is happening outside of me. And yeah, it's all like it's one, it's, it's a unity. As within, so without, and it's, and that is like what this passage was talking about, uh, I believe, which, you know, is really like merging all the bodies. I think this is in there, merging all the bodies, right? And then becoming one. So as we harmonize within, so we harmonize with our tr the truth of our soul and we stop lying to ourselves and stop compromising and doing all those, you know, human ego things we harmonize and then our outer reflection becomes so harmonious. We get to see and interact with that, which we created from within. Right now, a lot of the world is having to face all the conflict, conflict energy from within because, you know, we've been told one thing or, you know, many things that are in complete conflict with the truth of our soul. I mean, a complete inversion if you will, we have to undo and untangle and unravel all of that stuff that wasn't true for us. And it is a journey to discover what's true for me versus maybe what's true for this other person or what the media says or what I read or my, what my doctor says even. Sometimes our truth is different. Actually, yeah, a lot of times our truth will be different and we have to find our sovereignty again in order to reharmonize all of us, all, all of us internally, and then outwardly. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that sovereignty is in some ways like our structure of integrity, which it goes hand in hand with surrender, right? If we don't surrender, how can we, how, how, if we don't surrender to what's really the truth there, then how do we build that integrity? How do we, mm -hmm. how do we build that structure that's going to support how we actually feel so that we can surrender in a whole nother level, mm. surrender into more and more bliss. Every time there's that alignment and unity of those things coming together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. I wonder what time it is. <laughs> 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 Sitting here in the timeless. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if we should wrap up or keep going. Feels complete to me. I feel too. All right. I'm going to wrap up. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>